and welcome back to Kidman Talk. This is your host, Carl Bastian, coming to you from Kidology.org. Hey, I like to picture sometimes as I do this podcast that we're just sitting down together to enjoy some conversation. Maybe imagine we're sitting down at Starbucks and we're having a Coca Mocha, Joka Java. You know, I don't speak Starbucks. When I go there, I just get a chai tea latte or I get a double chocolate chip frappuccino, double blended, hold the whipped cream, little mocha on top because I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't know what you enjoy. Maybe it's just a ice cold, large Coke from McDonald's. But let's sit down. Let's talk about children's ministry because today I'm going to share with you something called the program pyramid. And this is something that could completely transform the way you strategize and think about your children's ministry. And it could relieve a lot of stress and even some guilt in some areas. And then I'm going to tell you about our sponsor for today. It is the Great Adventure Card, something invented by one of the most creative and innovative children's pastors in America. His name is Dan Huffman, good friend of mine, a former board member of Kidology. I've been to his church, attended it for a while in Chicago, and it is a great resource. In fact, he's got a lot of great resources from his ministry called Tadpole Tales, and I'm excited to tell you about that. So sit down with your Coca Mocha, Joka Java, your Coke, or whatever it is, and let's talk Kidman. Welcome back to the podcast. Again, this is Carl, and I'm glad to be here. And as I mentioned, I like to consider this a conversation. Now, obviously, if you're listening to a podcast, it's a one-way conversation, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can communicate back with me. One of the main ways you do that is through the forum discussion that's linked on the show notes. And I know if you're in your car, you're working around the house, if you're out running and listening in your iPod, then, of course, you can't interact. And so I run into people all the time who love the podcast, and I ask them, hey, do you, have you ever communicated in the forum? And they say no, because I, I listen on the go. But let me encourage you to make some time to log on to the website, to click on that Kidman Talk logo up on the left-hand side and find the show notes and uh, interact in the forum with others on this topic of today and, and other podcasts that you've enjoyed because it's encouraging to me. It turns us into a two-way conversation. It encourages others as you share your ideas and your input. And um, and I, it's just, uh, it, it turns us into a conversation and it encourages me and, and I enjoy that so much. You can also use Twitter, at uh, Kidman Talk is the Twitter handle. Or if, if you just want to email me, carl at kidmantalk.com. And those emails do go directly to me. A lot of the email addresses on Kidology. Um, I'm blessed to have some staff that filter those and, and help answer the questions because I get more emails than I can humanly answer. But that one, that's the secret email. It goes directly to me and I, and I do my best to answer those. Um, and you, you can help shape the show. As I've said many times, you can ask questions. Um, you can suggest topics for the show. But today, I, I want to share something um, called the Program Pyramid. In fact, I came across an old um, document, and I'm going to scan it. I'm going to put it in the, the show notes. And in fact, if you are listening at the computer, I would encourage you to pause the podcast and download that PDF and uh, and print it out and have it in front of you as you listen. I'm going to describe it, and so if you're not able to do that, um, you'll have the benefit of just downloading that later. Um, because it's, it's a d- diagram. It's actually a hand-drawn ministry strategy on one page that I created way back in 1992-93 when I first got married and started in ministry that was the blueprint 
for my first ministry, and it's been a strategy for every ministry ever since. And um, we're going to kind of talk through that today. But before we do that, I want to tell you about this today's sponsor. It is a resource that I have used in many ministries, um, and it comes from a man named Dan Huffman. Dan Huffman was a computer programmer. His wife twisted his arm, got him to volunteer at church at Willow Creek in the, I think it was called the Champions Ministry. It was a ministry for kids of divorce. And um, he found that he just had a knack with kids. Then they got involved in a small church plant that was closer to home. And the pastor, um, Jeff, he, he noticed these skills and abilities that Dan had. And uh, he shocked Dan one day by saying, Dan, I want you to be our children's pastor. The church is growing and we need a children's pastor. And Dan was just felt like, well, what do I know about running a children's ministry. I, I don't know what to do, but he sensed uh, a confirmation from the Lord. And so Dan came to the very first Kidology University that, that I hosted um, at my church uh, there in Barrington in Illinois. So he came and he, he bought uh, the very first edition of the Kidology Handbook. I mean, back when it was a spiral-bound, photocopied uh, little book that I put together. And it became his blueprint for ministry. And if you've gotten the Kidology Handbook, you know it is all about ministering to kids from within the context of the world and relational ministry. Well, he got it. And he was back the next year as an exhibitor at the next Kid U. And he was back with this resource he had created called the Great Adventure Cards. And it was more than just Bible trading cards. It was Bible trading cards um, that had a system to it where kids were trying to put together these series of Bible stories, but there was a Bible verse on there and a question. So kids had to get into the Bible and find the answer. And they weren't Difficult questions, but they weren't obvious answers. They, so they actually had to get into the Bible. And as they completed these series, they got some prizes, and there was a whole little system to it. And then they got these cards if they came, if they brought their Bible, if they brought a friend. And um, and so I was like, hey, I want to use this in my church. And so he printed some extra and let me do it. And he, he made them available to other churches. And, um, and it just took off from there. And um, now these great adventure cards are available to any church that wants to use them. And um, there had been some other Bible cards that come and go on the market, but they're usually just, um, you know, pictures of Bible characters and some facts on the back. They don't have this integrated system. Um, and so they're just fabulous. I would encourage you to check them out on the website. They're, um, just recently someone had posted on Kidology, what do you use as an incentive to get children to uh, to come and to bring their friends and to bring their Bibles and to you know do their take home sheets and whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do. Um, I actually and I don't know if he still sells the uncut sheets, but he gave me an, an uncut sheet of all the cards. I believe there's 80 or 99 or something like that, and I had that framed in the hallway, and so the kids could see what all the series were. And they're they're different lengths. It depends on the Bible story. Some were three cards, four cards. Some were eight cards, and then he's even got a set of the gospel cards called the good news cards and i believe those are available as well and but the good news cards weren't given out randomly you could only get those for free from the pastor that was how i did it when i would share the gospel with a child i would go through the gospel presentation i would give them those four cards when i shared the gospel with them and uh, so those good news cards were part of the whole great adventure card excitement so it's a great system the kids got into it and in fact when i would visit the home i would see the stack of these great adventure cards on the kitchen table so parents were using them to engage kids and looking up bible verses and learning the bible stories and, and help parents 
engage with their kids. So just a great resource, and I just thought I would bring it up again as something that you need to be aware of. In fact, all the resources that Dan Huffman creates are innovative, they're creative, and they're top-notch. Um, many of you have used the Stars of Christmas um, Christmas series that Dan created in partnership with Willow Creek, and that's fantastic. In fact, just this month, we've got a resource from Dan Huffman that's actually on sale. It's uh, the Zap Pack, and it is on sale 20% off through the month of April. So um, you may just want to snag up that resource that's on sale throughout this month, and that also comes from the creative mind and uh, the team that, that works with Dan. And if you're ever in the Chicago area, uh, you'll want to check out that little baby church that uh, took a step of faith and asked this uh a former computer programmer to become a children's pastor is now a multi-site campus church with multiple locations all over the Chicago area. I, I think they're up to six or seven, maybe eight campuses now, just revolutionizing the way church is done in the Chicago area. Their website is chapel.org, and uh, you can check that out. Incredible children's ministry facilities. A lot of people come to check out Dan's church just to see how to create amazing kid-friendly um, facilities. So um, a guy who uh, just incredibly humble, but really knows how to creatively reach kids um, and do it in a quality way and uh, uses volunteers in an amazing way. And if he listens to this podcast, he's going to be incredibly embarrassed because he doesn't like any attention um, brought to himself. He does such a great job in ministry, and I want to make sure you know about the resources that come from uh, from Dan Huffman and, and those who, who work with him, and he'd want to make sure you know that he does not do these things alone. He has a whole team um, of people who work with him and, and help these things come into reality. So check those out. Well, what is this program pyramid um, that I want to talk about? Um, so often in ministry, um, we do so many things. You know, we've got outreaches, we've got Sunday school, or we've got kids' church, or we've got midweek kids' clubs, and we've got all these goals and all these objectives that we want to do, and we want ministry to be fun, but we want it to be deep and spiritual, and we want to lead kids to Christ, and we want to disciple kids, and and, and it can become overwhelming because we have so many things that we're trying to accomplish. We have so many programs to run, so many uh, things to recruit for. And, and, and now, of course, we're supposed to be family friendly and partnering with parents. And, and uh, we want to be discipling kids and, and maybe have a kid's crew. And, um, and, and it's frankly, it's overwhelming to be a children's pastor today. You know, there was a day and age when there was just a CE director and uh, they just oversaw the entire educational ministry of the church and they just made sure there were Sunday school teachers and, and that was fine. But now, now you gotta do background checks and you gotta have secure check-in systems. And by the way, just go to Kidology and we'll hook you up with discounts and great partners in ministry that can help you do that more effectively and save money so you're not overwhelmed with that whole security area. But and I'll link that in the show notes just to, to help you in that area. But it's overwhelming. Well, back when I was in youth ministry, I mean, when I was a youth, I was actually in youth ministry as a youth because I had a discipling youth pastor. I was I was on the leadership team, and my youth pastor was really um, involved in the Sun Life discipleship ministry. You don't hear much about Sun Life anymore, but Sun Life was a fantastic. Uh, ministry. They were affiliated with Moody Bible Institute, and they had what was called the Sun Life Youth Strategy. And I'm not familiar anymore if they're still around. I don't hear a lot about Sun Life anymore. Um, but they had a great strategy. It was called Sun Life because it was based on 
um, the strategy of the Son, Jesus obviously being the Son and, and His life and the way He did ministry. And uh, they broke it down, so I want to give credit to Sun Life for a lot of, of how I developed this and, and where I learned this as, as, a, as a young pastor. And Jesus' uh, ministry strategy, if you look at the way Jesus ministered, is he did things that appealed to the crowds. I mean, he definitely drew the crowds. I mean, he stood on the hillside, he healed people, he did miracles. I mean, that's the modern-day equivalent of the gospel magician, right, who draws the crowd um, and does the great show and, and, and the attractional ministry. And yet he, he also had this core of disciples, um, this small group that he was pouring into that then would reproduce themselves um, after his ministry was gone. Because as we know, many people fled um, when times got hard for Jesus. And so he had this, this, uh, this approach that was, um, that was broad and very appealing to the masses, and yet he had this deeper strategy um, to, um, to a few. And uh, so that strategy was applied to youth ministry, um, that you needed to have this, this broad appeal um, to the, that was fun and exciting and would draw the kids in, and yet there needed to be this core group of kids. And I was in this core group of my youth pastor um, who were uh, discipled and were a leadership team and all of that. And so, um, and so it unfolded from there in, into, a, a, into a strategy of, um, of, of a pyramid. And how much of it comes from Sun Life and how much of it I've developed myself over the years, um, I've gotten foggy on. But I want to give credit where credit is due um, to the strategy that, that the Sun Life ministry developed and uh, any of it that's still out there, I want to make sure that they get credit for it. But how it's applied to your ministry is so critical. So if you have downloaded um, this old uh, eight and a half by 11 sheet that I'm gonna scan and put in the show notes, uh, have that in front of you. If you if you don't have that, I want you to picture an old-fashioned pyramid. And it's just going to have three levels on it, and uh, there's going to be a big base. It's kind of like a, a wedding cake, all right? Picture that in your mind, a wedding cake with three levels on it, all right? And that first big level is going to be labeled with the first C. There's going to be three Cs to these three levels. Then the second level is going to be on top of that base level. It's going to be a little smaller. All right, it's going to have the second letter C. And then on top of that second level is a smaller third and top level. And it's also going to have a letter C on it. All right, so we've got these three C's. You've got the big one on the bottom. You've got that middle level. And then you've got the top level. And all three of them are going to have these three C's. And these are the three C's of ministry, the program pyramid that you have got to base your ministry in every program, everything you do is going to fit into one of these three C's. And here's why it's important, before I tell you what the three C's are. Because too often in ministry, leaders try to accomplish everything in every event and every program. They, they try to make sure they're fun, because, you know, kids like fun. But they try to make sure that, you know, there's some biblical content, because biblical content's important. They try to make sure there's prayer, because prayer is important. They try to make sure maybe that the gospel's there because evangelism is important to make sure people get saved. And so they're trying to accomplish everything at every event. Um, and where that breaks down is that sometimes if there's too much fun, the kids who are deep and know Jesus don't get fed. Um, but if they make it too deep and too much meat and too much content, the kids that don't know Jesus get bored or confused and or the event gets too long or there gets to be too much in it. And what this program 
pyramid approach enables you to do is decide what the function and purpose of each event in each program is and then decide, you know what, I don't need to accomplish everything at every event. It's actually okay to have some events where you don't actually teach. There's okay to have some events that actually aren't that fun. And it's liberating and it relieves some guilt. So what is that first program base? It's the curious level, all right? That the curious level, your goal is just to attract kids, attract youth, and attract them. And they, it's the level where they're not Christians. Now, the great thing about the curious level, and because it's the base, is this pyramid is collapsible. In other words, it includes all three levels. And because its goal is to have fun. Its goal is evangelistic, all right? And so the kids who are part of the next two levels we're going to get to, they're also part of the curious. I mean, every kid wants to have fun. Every kid loves scavenger hunts, loves the pie in the face, loves you know, the bouncy houses, loves candy. And so it appeals to everyone. It's the, it's the widest net. And so when you're having a curious event or a curious program, it, it, it has the broadest appeal. Now the next level is the committed level. Some, would, some will use the, the word uh, convinced. I think that was the word we used in our youth ministry. You had the curious and the convinced. I use the word committed. And those are the kids, they've accepted Christ, they're committed to the program. It's smaller because it, you're going to have some committed events that aren't going to draw the curious. It's going to be a little less fun. And I'm going to give you examples in a minute. I want to tell you what they are first. And then your third level is your core. All right? That's going to be a much smaller. All right? Now, the core kids are also committed. And the committed kids, who are also core, are all going to be curious. That's why it's collapsible. And if you've printed it out, you're going to see that. Okay? And along the whole bottom of that sheet, I drew inroads to the curious. And I have examples of the things in that first ministry that I, are paths to the door into that curious level. And I've got kids club and hospital outreach and neighborhood park outreaches and advertising and magic shows and birthday parties and vacation Bible school, you know, and, and I think I already said rallies and things like that. And all these things that, that try to get them in the door to those curious levels. But your goal is always to move kids up to the next level. So there's a goal for each one. So outreaches, the goal of outreaches is to get kids into the curious level. All right, And at the curious level, your goal is evangelistic. You want them to accept Christ as their Savior. And then once they've done that, they, you want to move them to the committed level. At the committed level, your purpose and goals is educational. All right, That's your place where you're starting to teach them the Bible. You're, you're trying to ground them in the faith. You're teaching them you know, how many books of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the prophets. You know. you're, you're giving them this education. All right? And then the purpose of that is to move them into the core where the real goal is discipleship. You know, beyond education, getting them to actually become a follower of Jesus Christ. And where they're actually going to become leaders, running outreaches, helping at evangelistic events, becoming teachers and helpers in your educational program. All right. So what are some examples of those? And I have those goals list on the left side of that sheet. On the right side, I have some actual 
example. So at my curious level, and most of my ministries, you know, my midweek club, whether it was Awana or earlier on, it was um, kids clubs I created myself. I had the Savior Secret Service Bureau and other things I came up with. Um, those midweek clubs were my curious level. So I made them tons of fun, and they uh, included gospel presentations and invitations to accept Christ like at least once a month because my goal was to constantly be evangelistic and to get kids to make a commitment to Christ. Kids Church definitely fits that curious level. I mean, it's full of great fun worship and skits and drama. And while there's education taking place, there's there's always some overlap. The goal is to make it fun. So there's candy, there's prizes, there's puppets, all kinds of things. But I want every kid who comes to Kids Church to just have a great time. And they're curious about God and they're learning about God, but I'm challenging them to become committed. And then I've always been in a ministry that had Sunday school. And I know a lot of churches today don't have a Sunday school program. There are more and more churches, especially the newer churches, um, that, that are renting facilities or they're not building buildings anymore that have Sunday school classrooms. So this is becoming um, a challenge and that's a topic for another podcast. Um, but my Sunday school has always been my committed program. And in Sunday school, I mean, there was we've had workbooks. I mean, we're opening the Bible. We're diving in. It doesn't mean Sunday school has to be boring. You can make Sunday school fun. But it's not as fun, let's face it, as Kids Church or Awana or, you know, all those outreach events. Because we're actually working on memorizing scripture. We're working on diving into a passage and what does it say and what does it mean? And we, we had Sunday school testing. I mean, there, there's a threat on kidology. It gets a little controversial. But we wanted to actually test and see what do our kids know? And um, are they learning? And are we accomplishing our goals and what we want our kids to know at each age level? And um, because we really want to take the education of our kids seriously. And only our committed kids and our committed families attended Sunday school. That was just a reality. Um, visitors might come to Sunday school once or twice and they didn't stick with it if they weren't committed to God. They would gravitate toward the curious level events. And then there was the core. And the core was always our leadership team, my kids' church crew, where they were coming during the week for rehearsals. You might have a drama team. You might have a tech team. Every core can look different in different ministries. But those are your diehard, serious kids. Those are your disciples. And my core kids are in Bible college today. They're leaders today. They're in ministry today. Or they're going to be parents and volunteers who end up serving in the church and following after Christ in a very serious way. So this approach to ministry is very limited. And I would challenge you to uh, draw a chart and build, just draw out this pyramid and, and uh, label it the curious, the committed, and the core, and then take a hard look at your ministry and actually identify which of your programs you're doing, make a list of all of them, and then ask yourself, where do they fit? And, if, and, and on the surface, every time I've done this, when I've gone into a new ministry, at the beginning, when I've gone to a new ministry, they all kind of fit everywhere. I mean, or they all kind of fit in the curious. It's like they're all trying to do everything. And I've said, you know what? We need to shift some of these ministries into different places. Or we go, well, we don't have any core ministries. You know, we don't, we don't have a ministry that is really discipling the serious core kids. 
or we don't have a solid educational ministry. Everything we're doing is evangelistic. Well, that that's great. I mean, kids are coming to Christ. But then what are we doing to educate them? We need to create an, a committed ministry. And then out of that educated ministry, as the kids are really getting educated, what are we doing to develop a core so that those kids can become servants and serve? You know, in our WANA ministry, um, we really addressed this and we ch- changed our JV program, which is the uh, junior high club in Awana, if you're not familiar with Awana, we changed our JV club to be a, a core. And our JV, we restructured it to where instead of a game time, believe it or not, we eliminated game time. And during game time, they served in the other clubs. So they came, they had a council time, they had a handbook time, and they had a service time. They had no game time. That sounds nuts. How can you have Awana with no game time? Well, we had some game nights. So throughout the year, um, periodically, they actually went out and did some really fun stuff. Laser tag, we had some overnights. So we made sure we incorporated some fun reward things because those that play together stay together and, and grow together. But the normal program was a council time, which was a serious Bible study. A handbook time, so they were they were going through their JV books and memorizing scripture and studying scripture. But that other third of the night that most JV clubs are playing, they were then dispersed to be listeners and council time teachers in the other ministries. So they became our core on Wednesday night. So it it begins to transform the way you think about ministry. So I would I would just challenge you to to take this strategy and apply it. And to go back to giving some credit to Sun Life, this is the way the Sun did life. He did things that appealed to everybody, but then he was always trying to move people to the next level. He was always trying to say, okay, you're drawn by the miracles, you're drawn by the the the, the, the wonderful teaching on the hillside, but, but what, how are you going to go deeper in your walk with Christ? And we always want to move kids to the next level. And the way we do that is by taking them from curious to committed and then from committed to core. And if you've downloaded this old sheet from Mr. Moody's church, I was the first children's pastor at the Moody uh, Church in Chicago where D.L. Moody um, uh, started that church. You'll notice there's a little arrow that from core... I have it going up to Moody Youth. And and what that means is that I had it very strategically in my mind that I was creating youth leaders. Every ministry I've been in, my core have become leaders when they went into the youth department. And the youth pastors have always been so blessed that they've inherited ninth graders mm-hmm. who were ready to be leaders in the youth group. They're ready to run the youth group. They're ready to plan events disciple, be worship leaders, you know, be uh, event planners. You can create those kind of leaders out of that core. And it's exciting to see kids progress up through this level. In fact, you can actually ask kids, you can actually draw this little program pyramid out. Don't call it a program period, just call it a spiritual life pyramid and draw on their curious, committed, and core. And you can ask a child, give them a pen, say, I want you to draw a stick figure. And I want you to draw where you feel you are. I've even drawn little ladders on the pyramid so that they can even kind of show where they think they are on the on the pyramid of curious, 
committed and core. And they've drawn themselves, you know, almost to committed or almost to core. They've drawn themselves on the top of the pyramid and said, I'm all in. I want to serve God. And, um, and it's kind of kind of neat. So that's my challenge for you to get yourself a program pyramid drawing. Start thinking about your ministry and your different programs and your different events. And at your planning meetings with your leadership team, anytime you're talking about a a Halloween outreach or a fun fair or an Easter egg drop, you start by saying, where does this fit? And if you're doing tons of curious events, it might be time to say, you know, we need to do a committed event. What would that look like? You know, we need to do a core event. What would that look like? And make sure that your ministry is not lopsided. Now, you're going to have mostly curious events. You're going to have some less committed events, and you're going to have the fewest core events and, and that that's why the pyramid is shaped the way it is but it is going to have a profound impact on your ministry and it is going to increase your effectiveness and you're going to have more genuine serious on fire kid disciples for Jesus if you employ the strategy I know it because I've been using the strategy for 20 years and I'm so thankful to my youth pastor Dan Goody for introducing me to this strategy back when I was a teenager and I've been following it ever since. Well, I hope you find the program Pyramid insightful and challenging and a cool tool that you can use in your ministry. Hey, please do log on to Kidology, drop into the forum discussion, and um, let me know what you think. And if you've got a cool strategy or some kind of a system you use for how you think about and plan and implement programs or events, then share it there and it can be a blessing and a help to others as well. Remember, you can tweet at Kidman Talk. You can email me, Carl, at KidmanTalk.com and you can help shape future shows here on Kidman Talk. And don't forget to check out the great adventure cards from Dan Huffman. Until next time, this is Carl talking Kidman with you.